Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, speculation, and everything else Marvel TV and uh, movie related. It's Adam, it's Rhiannon, it's me, I'm Caleb, and we're back. So, I thought we'd start out with some positivity tonight, guys. What is, uh, what are you most enjoying in your quarantine life right now? Like, what is something that is bringing you joy in this reality you're living in? Uh, this might sound totally sadistic, but like everyone now has my lifestyle, which is very, very enjoyable. <laughs> I've got, but that's the, I, I I'm trying to think, I don't, I still don't have time to watch anything or read anything. You do have Dunkaroos, however. Oh, hell yeah. Oh man. I do. They are out there on my table. I already ate one pack. Um, this show is brought to you by General Mills. Dunkaroos are back. They're coming back. They are to 7-Eleven later this month. Apparently 7-Eleven has like a two-week exclusive. And then they're everywhere. I saw your video and I told my wife, hey, Adam got his Dunkaroos today. And my kids were like, what's a Dunkaroo? Oh, no. And I explained it to them yeah. and they were like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. It tastes just as great as I remember. I didn't even finish the frosting, though. That's how I know I'm getting old. Like, I'm like, man, this is getting sweet. Rhiannon, are you enjoying time with your folks? Yeah, so that's, yeah, I'm with my family. Um, And it is, yeah. I mean, like, any minute, my mom's going to bring down fresh-cooked cookies. And we've been, like, they've been doing Blue Apron, which I would never do on my own, because it's so much work. Very nice. But... When there's three people, because it's me and my parents, you know, to, like, do all the chopping and the cooking and everything. It's it's pretty cool. And um, If Blue Apron is listening, Rhiannon doesn't mean that. She loves Blue Apron. And we would love to do Blue yeah. Apron ads. Blue Apron does a <laughs> no, lot. It's amazing. Oh, it, no, I've been trying to talk my friends into doing it, because I think they would love it. Like, I, I've... The food has been amazing. I have been eating so many vegetables. Um, cats. That's I've if you follow me on like Twitter or Instagram or anything, it's been nothing but pictures of cats. Uh I've been trying I've been trying to tame my mom's cat. I mean my mom has two cats, but but one of them like has decided he's too good to hang out with people. But we've been bonding in the quarantine. So cats. The way you said that made you sound like you were eating cats. <laughs> Because you said, I've been eating lots of vegetables. Lots of yummy things. Cat. <laughs> like, oh, like okay. it was a list? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, jeez. Okay. I've been eating lots of vegetables and cats. There you go, guys. But next week, puppies. So, you know. <laughs> Caleb, how about you, man? Uh, so. <laughs> I don't see any gray hair. No, yet. I'm doing good. So, we did. A, first of all, we did a, a big deal for Star Wars Day for our kids. So that looked amazing. That was really fun. I have a like seven foot tall cardboard cutout of the Millennium Falcon still sitting in my uh, dining room. So that is enjoyable. Uh, also, we <laughs> sounds so dumb. Have you guys heard Twenty One Pilots "Level of Concern" song? No. They recorded it during the pandemic. Like the best I can tell, like the two of them did it at their home studios and just spliced the parts together. It is the catchiest jam. It's a quarantine jam. Like the whole song is basically like, I've got enough anxiety going on right now. Let's not make our relationship status one of those things. 
but it's just got like a good little dance beat to it. And the chorus just repeats the same, like three lines over and over. It's been on pretty much nonstop in our household. Our kids know all the words. They just jump around to it. So I would greatly encourage you 21 pilots level of concern. It's a jam. I believe the kids would say it slaps. I don't really know what that means, but I think it means it's good. It slaps. It's lit. (laughs) Totally. It's, the only 21 Pilots song I've listened to is that Suicide Squad song they made, I think. Oh, we like them a lot. They did the Heathens. What's it called? Yeah, Heathens. Uh, well, the, the new one's called Level of Concern. Oh, so like the most played song on Spotify. But uh, yeah, we uh, 21 Pilots is really popular up here in New England. So like they were on, they're on the radio a lot. But We've been doing a Aims lot. It's kind My of misleading. My dad's very into the music scene here, so we've done a lot of, like, virtual uh, open mics, like, stream to the TV and stuff. So I've been seeing a lot of local artists. That's cool. Yeah. Have you been streaming any of Finn Jones sets? <laughs> Have not. <laughs> Have not. I, I usually... I usually let my dad pick the music. I did make him listen to a banjo player that I follow. Uh, Curtis Eller. Like, evidently, every Monday at 5 o'clock, this guy does, like, a live concert, and it was really cool. Uh, but I'll I'll see if I can make Dad listen to one of Finn Jones's sets. Yeah. Yeah. Every night on Instagram, I pull Instagram up, and it is Questlove and Finn Jones <laughs> are the two people going live. Now, Rhiannon, is it a lot of, like, bluegrass music and stuff? I'm just assuming from the geography, or... Um, no, my dad... My dad's in, um, like, bar band, cover bands. They do, like, country and pop and rock and southern rock stuff. Um, so the open mics here, you have a little bit of bluegrass. You you definitely get a bit of the bluegrass. But then there's a bunch of everything else. Um, so it's been an interesting mix. Um, Curtis Eller is definitely banjo, the guy that I pulled up. Um, but... But the open mics have been very cool because they seem like it's like everybody's recording stuff on Zoom or whatever and sending it in. And then they piece together a show out of it. So it's not live and it's like very curated. Um, But then like the artists have their Venmo ID or the PayPal ID and folks could send them money if you like, you know, the tip jars and stuff. Um, So it just sort of feels like the community coming together. We did... um... For my church, we had a song at Easter where we had, like, our guitar player did their part, the piano player did their part, we had some different vocalists, and then I had to splice it all together with video editing software, which, again, this podcast has been a lifesaver of knowing how to do that kind of stuff, (laughs) but it was really cool. It was something really special about people in different houses and different rooms all doing their part to a song and then layering it all on top of each other. That's I don't know, it just makes you feel like you're together a little more somehow. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, like, for any of our listeners that if they're, like, out there feeling all alone, I've done a ton of just, like, Zoom hangouts with random people. Um, Adam joined, you know, the Save Daredevil group. We did one the other day, and they're always weird and awkward, and there's always something about it. Everybody sits there feeling self-conscious and, like, oh, my God, my face. Like, but afterwards, there's always at least one person that was, like, oh, my God, it was so nice just to see faces. Like, so anybody that's out there listening, just get on a, you know, force people to get on and do a video chat. Um, if you haven't already. 
All right, cool. Let's uh, we'll jump into some Marvel stuff. Uh, here's the game plan for tonight. We will talk a little bit about news. There's some small news items, and then we will talk about um, we'll talk about the Save Daredevil and uh, quarantine party that uh, watch party that Adam did, and we'll talk a little bit about Vision, and then I don't know. That'll be the show. Um, I think the biggest solid news we've had since we recorded last is Spider-Man uh, Home 3 did get pushed, and it got pushed to November mm-hmm. of next year, and mm-hmm. that means that Doctor Strange has now been kicked out to what? May 2022, Yeah, right? May 2022. Because it jumped Thor. That's right. And then Thor got moved back to Valentine's Day. Mo- it got moved up a little. Yeah, it got, right. It got it got moved up so, to, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it'll be out at Valentine's right. Day. And I'm sorry, it's, uh, Doctor Strange is in March now. Is that right? Is it? Or, no, or is it in May? Know. Oh, jeez, I should have looked this up ahead. There's going to be two in a row, like Thor uh, 4... And um, and another movie are going to be back to back like February March. They're going to be out within like six weeks of each other, which is kind of insane. Um, any thoughts about Spider Man getting moved back? March. So uh, Doctor Strange. No, is but it does. March, or Doctor Strange is okay. March. So says Collider. Um, it does show that there is a pretty good working relationship between. Marvel and Sony, though. What else? Oh, Spider-Verse 2 is also now on the date of that October movie um, as well. So that will probably get pushed back as well, but they haven't said anything. Yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, it's not like Sony bumped Spider-Man back to compete with Doctor Strange, you know, without conference. And it is almost sick and twisted now that... Doctor Strange 2 now has a full year to prepare. <laughs> yeah. And that's all Scott Derrickson ever wanted. I feel bad for the guy, but what are you going to do? Yeah, Adam, that was the big takeaway I had too. Was just We've talked a little bit about just how chummy are Sony and Marvel on this stuff. And like, is it really true that Marvel kind of holds dates and then vacates them so that Sony can have them in some circumstances? I, I don't think there's any way to debate this. Because it was like almost announced together. Hey, Spider-Man's going back to this November date and Doctor Strange is moving out of that November date to March. It's clearly coordination and it just shows that they have a good working relationship right now and they're, you know, making space for each other. So, Sure is. It does change. I guess it moves back so that next year we'll only have three movies instead of four. Is that right? Because nothing replaced Spider-Man. So we'll have Eternals in February. We'll have Shang-Chi in May. Shang-Chi in May. Nothing in July. And then November for Spider-Man. Right. So, And that's assuming everything stays online. So. Which it probably maybe not won't. Like, there's no way they get Eternals out in February. I think it depends on how much reshoots they still need to do or if they have it mostly in the can. Because I still don't know if I know that status. Suppose we'll see. Uh, along those lines, uh, it was reported today from Charles Murphy, and uh, I just call her Liz. What's her name? The 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 Disney Plus lady that works with with Charles now. Is her name just Liz on Twitter? Miss Lizzie Hill. Lizzie Hill. There we go. 
she has heard that uh, Scarlet, uh, the WandaVision is done filming and that they're working on the special effects and that they don't need to film anymore for it. Didn't we kind of assume that? We knew it was further along than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, it was an open debate, though. And Charles Charles was saying as soon as as recently as yesterday that wasn't the case. And then they got some kind of info that made him comfortable running it today that it was, in fact, done. And he's kind of said, like, yeah, I had it wrong. I had all info, and the info is not correct anymore. So, uh, Rhiannon, is that... Are you hopeful, then? I mean, that we'll get WandaVision before this year is gone? Um... I think getting WandaVision will be dependent on how much it uh, we needed to see Black Widow first. So, I mean, you know, there could be that there was a major reveal in Black Widow that's necessary before we see WandaVision. And, um, I mean, that's I think that has more to do with it than production schedules. I heard a little rumor that they're getting ready, since Georgia's reopening, that Marvel's getting ready to start filming again. Oh, really? Do you feel like you trust the source that you heard this from? I'd say 75% trust. Along those lines, um, Charles, Mer- this same article with Charles and Liz said the Czech Republic has officially said they're welcoming crews to come back to film in the Czech Republic. So... THR reported that this morning. It's uh, it's interesting that that news. <laughs> I guess we'll give THR credit. I don't know. They get they get plenty of credit. <laughs> Do you think Disney's going to risk that though? I mean, as long as there's still some stage shut down here, how much of a black eye is it going to be? Hey, we're moving production. I know they're filming in Prague, anyways, but I don't know. It looks kind of yucky. I think. Um... I mean, yeah, I think that's it. I think it's less if they want to. I mean, like, Georgia, that's where I put my 75%. Like, I have no doubt that the little birdie that started the chain reaction to what I heard might have been accurate. But I think Georgia, I mean, like, are they going to stay open? You know, are are things going to continue? And I think, um, who knows? And yeah, are they going to risk going to Prague? Are they going to risk having a whole set you know it's gonna be interesting to see well i do wonder you know like nobody's actually done it i know like the nba and nhl have talked about creating bubbles where they just kind of like take over a couple of buildings and they take over some hotels and an arena and they test everybody before they come in and they make sure everybody's clean and then they say hey you're gonna live here for the next however many weeks and play games and we're not letting anybody in or out I think that's actually much more doable on a film set. Like if they really only have three weeks left for Falcon and winter soldier, you get everybody at one spot, you test everybody and you go, we're going to be in this studio and in this, you know, and in this, uh, hotel across the street. And those are the only two buildings you're allowed to be in. And you're just going to stay in them and you're just going to behave yourselves. And we're going to knock this out really fast. Like, I don't think that's impossible to do, but maybe there's things I'm not understanding. Well, I think what it, I I think I saw an article this week that was like, that's easy to do for your main cast, but when you have a scene that has a hundred extras, what are you going to do? Um, You know, how are they going to do that? And, and like the immediate future is we probably just won't see crowded extra, you know, scenes with a hundred extras for a while. It'll probably, you know, the the nature of the story will probably involve less crowds of strangers. 
Yeah, Italy reopened, or Italy partially, the film sets reopened, and they did exactly what Caleb's saying. They, everyone has to get tested um, prior to going set going to set, and then they have to have period. How? What am I trying to say? Periodic testing afterwards, I guess, plus daily or hourly temp checks, um, and that's only in one location so but that's the thing is it everyone saying that there's going to be a second wave this fall or is that i haven't watched the news in two days i know i know there's anticipation of a second wave this fall i know that in new york city um they're anticipating a wave in the fall and i think that's going to keep them from scheduling new york comic-con right so, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, Marvel could probably see that and go rush Falcon and Winter Soldier so they will have something, right? Because it's still not guaranteed Black Widow's going to stay where it's at. I mean, Black Widow probably would, but Eternals and everything might else get pushed back. So maybe, maybe they will go to uh, the Czech Republic and, and finish whatever they need to um, because there's a... There's there's a very big likelihood Shane she's probably not gonna meet that May date either. Should a second wave and more shutdowns come across. It'll depend. I it, I get the sense Australia has recovered better than a lot of other places. And so and you know, they're working on opposite seasons as well. So that gets kind of weird. Like as it gets colder here, it'll actually be getting warmer in Australia if temperature actually is part of the function here. So, I don't. I mean, I just think I just think there's too many variables. We don't have any idea. Um, I, I think. I mean, I don't know if this is true. I think almost the best case scenario at this point is instead of bottoming, like instead of the cases really dropping this summer and then popping back up in the fall, I almost feel like we want to get to a point now where we just have as many people recovering as are getting new cases every day and just kind of keep everything steady since the hospital load seems to be where we can handle it now and just, you know, you want people to, at some point we, you know, we want people to get over, you know, get the immunity to it and all that kind of stuff. Well, and I think, I think all of that, that standpoint is different today than it was say, even two weeks ago. Cause they're only now starting to feel somewhat sure that you can only get it once that you can't, that it's not mutating so fast that we're risking people that have already recovered from it, getting it again in the fall. They've always said that this, you know, we're not, we don't have a cure for it. You know, keeping people from getting it right now isn't about keeping people from getting it. It's just slowing down the rate that people get it to the point that the hospital systems can handle what's happening. So. It is worth noting that Disney is opening Disneyland Shanghai next week. Is that right? Was that what we heard on the Investor Call? Yeah, 11 days, so next week, next weekend. So Disney is being somewhat aggressive about trying to open stuff. You know, if they're trying to open a theme park in China, I just, I got to think that they would be willing to open some film sets other places by June or July, you know? They have a lot of restrictions in place, though, don't they? Like half capacity, if that. Yeah, they do. Oh, those lines are going to be awesome. No, so... <laughs> little secret um i was supposed to be at disneyland in may 
And then that obviously got wiped out, but we moved the tickets to September just to move it to somewhere. We're kind of hoping that it opens up at like 30% capacity the week that we're there, because how incredible would it be to be there at 30% capacity, you know? I mean, I have to say, like, because I was at Disney World February 28th, February 29th, and I was kind of hoping, I mean, this, I mean, COVID was on my mind then, you know, I, 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 I expected short lines and um, they were not, they were long. They are putting out some pretty sweet uh, Disney branded face masks for like kids for school and stuff. Like we've already been thinking about what to get our kids for September, assuming that they'll have to wear, you know, masks to school. So that's definitely mask fashion is about to be a huge thing. I'm I'm really shocked that we're not already seeing it. Oh, yeah. I showed you guys. My wife made me uh, a Marvel one. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty it had Daredevil on it. It was pretty cool. I thought about wearing mine, but I didn't want to. I always have this dream in the back of my mind that we just pull up and someday I'm wearing my Iron Fist mask. Oh, just yeah. <laughs> I say my Iron Fist mask like I already have one, but I do not. Um, also on that investors call, this is not really news. They did not give any filming updates. So along the lines of what we just said, this is going to be a feature I call Caleb tells the internet to chill the heck out. Like I have been seeing certain fandoms like mobbing scoopers about like, give us more information about when it's coming and when they're filming and when the shows are happening. And I really, I do feel bad for them because it's like, nobody knows. We don't know how this thing's going to go. We don't know when theaters are going to open. We don't know how the film industry is going to work. Like, just chill out. Like the scooper isn't just holding out on you. They just literally Disney doesn't know. The scooper doesn't know. I don't understand why people are so worked up about all this. Dude, it's not even about the scoopers and Disney and all of that. Like people that are like, well, the doctors told us not to wear face masks. So now they say do like nobody knows anything about anything. It's evolving. This is a rapidly evolving situation. There's, it all goes in cycles. You guys noticed how there was one scoop this week, and within the next 48 hours, there's a dozen more scoops? <laughs> yeah. Like, you ever notice that? So now it's going to die down again for a month, and then someone's going to post the scoop, and then there's going to be dozens of scoops that filter out right after that. So let's just get into that, Adam. We got an avalanche of potential Disney Plus shows. I'm going to try to list them. Tell me what I missed. Uh, I've heard Secret Warriors. I've heard Agents of Atlas. I've heard Ghost Rider. I've heard Ironheart. I've heard... um, Oh, there's another one I'm missing. Ironheart, Ghost Rider. um, Oh, Miss America, I think, was part of some of that stuff, too. Miss America was one, yeah. As, I, I'm trying to remember uh, if there's I mean, another there's, one. Oh, a secret there's invasion the Des- show. Secret invasion, yeah. So there's that. Us, oh, the sword, yeah, the sword one was secret invasion. Plus, there's the dozen that these same outlets I can't call them outlets. These same people uh, broke, quote unquote, at the beginning. It is what happened to Rocket and Groot, or what happened to Lady Sif, or what happened. And that's that's the thing, man. We won't. No, 
none of these people have been proven accurate yet, right? Pierre, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Right. Pierre uh, on Twitter, he's got the great, like, the uh, spreadsheet. yeah. But he's, I think he's been a little too generous with Yeah, there are some rights that aren't right. But, I mean, it's a great place to keep track. It is. Uh, like, he mentioned um, MCU Cosmic had stated that Hercules is going to be the lead of Eternals. And Steve, he has that as unconfirmed, like, we're not sure yet. I'm pretty sure that Hercules is not in that movie. Unless there right. is going to be a lead who has been cast as an actor that we somehow never saw on set and has not been in any of the promotional materials, Hercules is not going to be the lead of that movie. I'm pretty sure that role was Ajax. Or Ajax, and, you know, that was the confusion there. But So it's just insane where we put way too much trust into these these people bless their hearts for for doing what they love and and getting into it and, and doing this stuff but i mean i don't know so is there anything to talk about in those shows do you feel like any of those shows spark your interest or all of them i mean i wouldn't shoot any of them down ghost rider is not a disney plus show if if they change satana hellstrom's name for hulu i don't think they're going to put a demon dude on on disney plus right well it's also weird the amount of people who are suddenly gabriel luna stands on twitter it's it's bonkers the tweets i saw that were like it's gonna be robbie reyes or we riot and i'm like no one has ever cared that much about that character ever there are phantoms for everything there's phantoms for stilt man and stilt boy and stilt ladies. The stilt man fandom's a joke. Okay. <laughs> Fourbush man. There's Fourbush stands everywhere. You know, it's there's stands for everything besides Iron Fist. I swear to God. I don't mean to rag on scoopers, but yeah, we we none of these have been proven, right? I mean, we know Avengers Four is not Avengers Annihilation. We know that. I do think that it makes some sense that Marvel Studios can't be in production right now. So the idea that they do their homework ahead on the next batch of Disney Plus shows so that they can just redeem the time somehow, like, to me, that is sensible. Uh, that brings up, I mean, She-Hulk and Moon Knight no longer have writer's rooms. So, like, they just totally wrapped those rooms, like, a year before they fill? Or how's that work? I, I assumed the writers were on set and everything, or at least the writer for the episode, right? I mean, you have a writer on set. Usually you have a writer on set because the writer's room is going on and they rotate out the writers for each episode that's on set. But I guess the showrunner could be the writer on set if they don't have a room running. And they crank those puppies out. It is interesting that we got rumor this week that She-Hulk is totally written like... They've got the scripts that if stuff was open and they had casting done, that they could just shoot it today. That in Moon Knight. I don't know if you guys watched any of the making of the Mandalorian documentary that they did. It's really interesting that on Mandalorian, they had all the directors around a bunch of the time. It was really weird because they showed footage of like an episode that Deborah Chow was doing. And you can see in the shot... The Dave Filoni is over there with like a notebook, like taking care of all the continuity stuff. And then Taika is like, you know, in the background talking to them about a special effects shot. And like, even though that there was, it was kind of like a writing room where even though they're each directing their own episodes, they kind of worked with each other quite a bit. And I thought that was 
a very fascinating model because it's almost like Favreau put together a directing team for the season instead of picking individual directors for individual episodes. Well, and that would, I mean, so the model, I mean, that would be moving television more towards movies because in movies, what you finally see is the director's vision and the director, you know, has the majority of the power in television. The writer, the, the showrunner, which is the head writer has the majority of the power because they're there for the whole season. So if you wanted to have more of the director's vision, you would need them. You would need to do something like that. It also sounds very efficient. Like things would be moving through much more quickly. You could be doing special effects. If you're on a certain lot that you could do certain special effects on, you could knock out three episodes worth of special effects there and do it. Like I know um, Outlander, they write the whole season and then they go film it. And that allows them to use one set, like everything for the whole season on that set gets filmed. And then they move to the next set. Uh, Did you guys see Taika is doing a Star Wars movie? Hell yeah. And the Russian doll person? Hell yeah. To both of them. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see. I, I, I wonder if it's the Kevin Feige produced one. You know, like that hasn't been put together, but it seems like that would make a lot of sense to me. Adam Rhiannon, talk about Daredevil. So uh, that's all the news I have. um, If you guys didn't know, last week, literally a week ago, there was a quarantine watch party hosted by comicbook.com. Adam got a bajillion people to show up for it as far as the actors. Adam, how'd you feel like it went? And we talked to Rhiannon about how the Save Daredevil side went. Very good. Well, you're bearing the lead. Before the watch party, Adam like had just a long fireside chat with somebody. Oh, that's right. You did get to talk to Charlie Cox for a while. Mm -hmm. Way longer than I thought. How was it all, Adam? Like, how how are you? Were you pleased with everything? Oh, amazing! He was very candid. He was way more candid than I expected, which isn't necessarily. A good thing for um, everyone. It wasn't horrible. Uh, he was just very candid and honest about things. Um, but yeah, he's he's such a nice dude. He's great. But the thing is, it's like so. One of the big headlines that you created from that was like Charlie Cox not in Spider Man Three. And I was talking to the friend, and we were like. Do you think he even knows that they've already that they haven't even started filming this movie? <laughs> like he probably thinks it's supposed to come out this fall, or you know. Uh, I was just you know I'm reporting, but that's the thing I reported on what he said. Oh, so totally, totally. It, so it could it could change. Maybe there is a season four, and maybe there is him and everyone back. Um, oh, I don't think there'll be a season four. I think. Uh, you know, there could be something with him back, but yeah, he was, he was a good dude. I don't want to be depressing to anyone. Did it feel to any of you like the cast that showed up for this last week? It was almost like a catharsis, like, I don't know, like officially ending of it. Like it's further enough along that they're kind of accepting that they're not coming back. I mean, I think all of them have moved on in some sense. I mean, I think Deborah M. Wall has put it the best at that there's 
a certain level that especially as an actor you have to just be like okay that's not coming back i'm moving on with my life and holding out that hope and everything makes it harder so like what we've consistently heard from everybody is given the chance to come back sure they'll find a way to make it work but for the moment it's over I mean, this the, all the delays certainly didn't help anything, right? Because what are the odds that these Defenders shows would come back before X-Men and Fantastic Four? Well, I think the odds are more that this thing drags on and stuff that they were planning to be filming in the fall. Now, you know, we'll be filming next spring, next summer, and they could put these characters in if they wanted to put them in. They could tweak the situation. But I, I agree with you, Adam, that if they were going to do a Daredevil, whether it's a season four of what they have or a new iteration of Daredevil, I just think it's in the queue and the whole queue has gotten pushed back six months to a year. And so mm-hmm. it just makes a longer um, a longer time off between the end of season three and whatever's coming next, because I don't think that they're if they're interested in doing a Daredevil show. I don't think it'll leapfrog a Miss Marvel or a She-Hulk or a Moon Knight or a, you know, like. And so I think you're right that it does, at the very least, back everything up and it'll be a greater distance between the end of the last Daredevil thing and whatever comes next. Right. What Rhiannon said, I mean, he totally could be in Spider-Man or he totally could pop up somewhere, you know. Iron Fist could be in Shang-Chi for all we know. So, I mean, they could have it. I... But that's the thing, man. Daredevil is, outside of like Namor, right? Outside of the X-Men and and Fantastic Four, I mean, Daredevil is such a big character with Marvel. They're going to do something sometime. It's just a matter of when, I guess. I I don't know how Feige's making those decisions, though, is the weird thing. Because like Shang-Chi, I'm excited they're making it. But Shang-Chi, to me, was not the logical next cab off, you know, like, the the logical next guy to produce a movie for. I'm not sure if this sounds right or not, but I'm pretty sure Shang-Chi is Iron Fist's replacement. Does that sound bad? Because, I mean, Feige's been on record time and time again he wants to do Iron Fist. He ordered an Iron Fist script in 2014, right? Um, so he's wanted to do Iron Fist. And, I mean, you got Danny Rand and Shang-Chi as Marvel's leading kung fu people, I guess. Um, I mean, the way the thing I'm trying to say is, now that we have Shang-Chi, I don't expect an Iron Fist movie or show again, you know? They definitely have to work to differentiate it so it's not another kung fu character right like that would be the danger is that they're just looked as they look like they're too similar to to audiences rhiannon do you guys enjoy having a save daredevil get together i know i think you guys did a zoom and the whole bunch enjoy it um yeah no it was fine it was fine um yeah some of the save daredevil folks got on a little zoom call um and hung out a little bit before and after. Um, Jeff Cantor came and hang out with us, hung out with us afterwards. He's always fun. Uh, Ellison, the guy that plays Ellison. Um, he's very... Anybody that wants to interact with him, he's on Instagram Live, like, every day. Um, talking to people. 
Um, yeah, it was good to see everybody. It was good to see, I mean, like, it was fun. Um, they did the episode with the long prison fight, so that was just fun to interact with everybody. Um, yeah, nothing life-changing. By the end of it, I admit I was a little bit drunk. I had a couple glasses of wine. Same. Um, and I, you know, like, people talk about like how much they're drinking during quarantine and I stopped drinking during quarantine. So it took like nothing for me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was fun to come together with everybody. And I guess this, the save daredevil auction will be over by the time people hear this episode, but yeah, yeah, it ends tomorrow. So save daredevil has, um, I mean like they did a big charity auction last year and they had planned another one right now, but decided to put it off because of just circumstances. But they throw up a few items, and it looks like by the time the auction closes, we'll have raised over four hundred dollars for, um, I think the actors' fun and the comic book relief fund. Some a comic, like half of the items are going towards a comic book charity, and half of the actor half of the items are going towards the actors' fund. So thanks for everybody that bid on that, and yeah, pretty cool that. We threw some stuff up. Some stuff that I sent to you guys for free is like right. selling for it's like one of the great That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> By now, uh, the same Daredevil uh, auction might be over, but you can also just, what, what's it called? Just search gray Daredevil t-shirt and there may or may not be two more listings up by the time you hear this. Right? <laughs> I love that shirt. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's great fitting yeah. shirt. It's super dope. I like it. So one of the things that they auctioned off is, um, it's, so it's the shirt that you guys got. It's a, um, that's a sketch that Charlie did. So like evidently during the first season of Daredevil, um, Joe Casada was like working really hard in, uh, to meet a comic book deadline of some sort. And Charlie did this little sketch of Daredevil and sent it to him just like, Hey Joe, wanted to help you out. And Joe took that sketch and put it on shirts and gave it to like the crew as a Christmas gift. Um, and they had a whole bunch left over, so they sent them over to the Save Daredevil folks for stuff like charity auctions and to give to fans and stuff. So um, that's that's what that shirt is, and that's what it, like it, there's one in the auction. If people see it, if they love it, there's going to be future. It's going to be in future charity auctions. We only put one in this one because. When I left New York, I only brought one of them with me. Um, but we'll have other auctions up for that shirt if people are wanting it. Forgot to mention earlier, uh, comics are coming back too. Is that right? May 27th? Kind of, sort of. Holy man. Have you been keeping up with the discourse on Twitter? Uh, no, I saw that they're Yikes. only putting out like six issue, like six comics or something. They are. They are. And there's this... <sighs> It's comics that were on their last legs anyways. It's comics they can get um, by with not having physical floppies, I guess. But even then, there's people not okay with that because it's taken away from shops. Um, Hawkeye Free Fall. Matt Rosenberg's Hawkeye Free Fall. Finally, she's going to be digital. It's digital only now. It's yeah, done. It's, the last issue is digital. I think Ravencroft number four was one of them. Let's put it this way. None of Hickman's X-Men stuff 
right? Uh, what else was in there? I, I saw Hawkeye. I saw Ravencroft. Um, I did see Daredevil's coming back, though. I don't know, in June sometime, right? Right, but that one, they'll want to be able to sell. Because it's been selling well. Very well. Yeah. The digital-only stuff is only for, like, a couple weeks, I think. But I don't know. See, what DC's doing, DC's just... um, They split up their stuff for the next few weeks, regardless of character. Um, So they have something for, like, the next two months. Like, this week, they've had Batman and Hawkman and Flash out. So, I mean, they're still releasing stuff physically with some stores just depends you know it blows my mind how quickly dc was able to lock down two new distributors while marvel still has no plan to return to publishing you're telling doesn't disney have have we talked about this doesn't disney have like an in-house publishing thing can't disney print their own damn comics yeah it's almost like disney it's it's weird it feels like something's up Right, so I, they're coming. They're coming out shortly. There's a bunch of uh, cool indie publishers that you can buy straight through. So check those out. Well, and I think like the options for comic book shops. I think like with the phased reopening, comic book shops will be able to sell. Like they won't. How crowded have comic book shops been in general? You know, like I know in North Carolina this weekend, retail can open. You can just only have like a certain number of people in your store at a time. Um, So, I mean, I think we're looking at comic book shops being open for shopping in most of the country in the next month, month and a half. Well, and even if it's a place where you can only do curbside, I mean, pull lists are already like the majority of your business. So like. There's nothing that stops you from putting up a, a card table with your pull lists like on it, and just as a car drives up, you like take the name and hand it to it. You know, like it should be doable. So talking about comics, uh, we did Vision this week. So it reminded me of why I love and hate the Reading Club. I enjoyed reading the comic, and I'll enjoy talking with you. People are always like, "Hey, you should do this," and then nobody. <laughs> Sends in any questions or comments about the We didn't comments. get any vision Did we com- put it out there? questions. Well, no, man. I put a couple of tweets I out. I saw on Twitter. A couple of things. Saw on Patreon. Yeah, and we nobody didn't seemed get to respond to it. Well, we could talk about it. Let's talk about this. But we're, yeah, we're still talking about Tom it. Tom King goodness. Rian- right on my desk. Rhiannon. I forgot to read. Oh, you forgot. <laughs> Have so, you read it before? Um, I think I started oh, it before. Rian is so effing good oh i know i know i forgot to read whenever i said i needed two weeks that had to have been only like three days ago right right (laughs) so um all right so let's just talk first of all like what's what's so good about right like i mean i read it back through this week adam i know you you know it well what do you what do you enjoy so much about this comic it's it's the uh, the trope, man. I love the trope so much. The the suburbs, right? It just it just makes sense. It's um, the basis seems like it's been done a million times across movies and television shows. But then you get Tom King's broody, moody ass in there to write stuff, and it's 
it lands very, very well. Um, I guess that's dude. I want to hang up on you guys and go start reading it just from that description. It's uh, it's kind. Of, it's not super daredevil-y, but I mean, it's it's got King. It's it's almost peak Marvel, right? It kind of reminds me of like the Age of Ultron trailer with Marvel's kind of signature goofy charm. First, it introduced one of my favorite characters, Viv Vision, is totally amazing. Um, I hope she's around forever and ever. Um, I just love that trope, man, how they turn, not like Vision's not a defense country. He does something for the government, right? Um, and they move out to the suburbs. I love the suburbs. Okay, that love... part's not selling it to me. Though. Right, no, I'm just trying to connect my thoughts, I guess, and I got lost on my own thoughts while I'm rereading it live on air. People have compared it a lot to Breaking Bad, and I think it's because it's about the slow, like, devolving of a family or, the, you know, devolving of a person. What's What's great about this, it reminds me of, like, a classic film noir where something happens in the first issue and somebody makes a really bad decision and then that bad decision births a bad decision that births a bad decision but because it's a comic book by the time you're at the 11th issue the domino effect is that the whole freaking world might end if things aren't handled the right way right because and it's all just it's innocent stuff it's just like the brokenness of humanity like we all tell like little lies or do little things that we shouldn't do. And then we have to do something else to cover up the first one. And then a third thing to cover up the second one. And before you know it, like it just becomes chaos. And that's what this does really well. Right. And before that, something bad happens. Another decisions made as well. Um, the whole family aspect of it. Right. Unless that, that I would take that's not the bad decision you meant. No, I was talking uh, about. Well, do you guys want to talk about it openly? I mean, like, do we are we doing? Are you guys doing the first twelve episodes? Yeah, issues? yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll talk about. You don't care if we ruin it, Rhiannon. I don't want to. Well, I could hang up. Okay. If this is all we had left. Yeah, this is all we've got left. If you want to go, that's okay. I mean, and then like our listeners know because yeah, yeah. like I mean like your listeners either either listened or they've read it before. Or that's right. Whatever. Yeah. So we're gonna spoil it from now on out. So. We will say goodbye okay. to Rhiannon. Bye, guys. Thanks, Rhiannon. It's good seeing you. Yeah, good to see you. All right, I'll hang okay. up. So, yeah, Adam, I'm with you. Again, we're going spoilers now. The creation of the Vision family, creating Virginia and Vin and Viv, it's just, it's just a bad idea from his, you know, from Vision's right. perspective. Right. And I remember when they first launched this. Was this launched right out of the Secret Wars Comic, I it think? was what they call it all new all, all new all different it was launched right after um secret wars yeah and there was like uh i forget it was like all new all different alpha or something like there was like some lead-in comic for like yeah that alpha omega and all sorts of stuff yeah and i remember there's a scene where scarlet witch talks to vision and he's like yeah i'm gonna like mess with my coding and like change change my emotion settings or whatever. And she's like, I don't think that's why he's like, I don't care if it's wise. I can't take it anymore. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's like Greek tragedy. You can see that everything's going to hit the fan as time goes on.
Right. That's, I mean, that's a huge, I mean, it's, it's all, is it, I mean, Vision's fault, I guess, um, you know, and that's, that's why King's so perfect with this. He's, he's perfect at doing the moody thing. What's the, what's the one panel? I love the one panel. So let's talk about the bad decision first. Should we talk about that where Virginia kills the Grim Reaper? It's not That's even the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's not to me that she even kills him, but that she then buries him in the backyard instead of just like calling the cops and telling him it's self defense, right. you know? It, it's no, it's yeah. I'm reading while trying to find this. First of all, I mean it is a very incredibly dark uh book and Gabe Walta's um artwork Gabe Walta's one of the best artists in the game now. I don't know why Marvel doesn't have anything else um doing with him uh vision this vision's uh character design for this walter didn't do the design i don't think um but it's just killer and this it tones down the violentness it tones down the i mean i think even kink said it was um a, a breaking bad homage um Vision doesn't want to do bad stuff, right? But he's just doing it to protect the family he created, which he didn't create. As you can tell, I'm stalling while I'm trying to find this panel. Um, One of the things I love about the comic, too, is um, King uses foreshadowing in such an interesting way. Like, he does, like, he straight up tells you stuff that's going to happen. Like, the neighbors that visit and knock on the door in the first issue. And he's like, they're going to die you know, because of the visions. And then when Victor Mancha shows up, he's like, Victor will die soon. You know, it's just, he straight up tells you what, what's coming, but he, it doesn't ruin it. Like, it's not because of the suspense of what's coming. It's like, why does that happen? And like, what is the fallout and how is that going to work? Right. Or yeah, like the house Sparky's created. I'm looking at this page right now. It's, there's no way that should be in a Disney comic book, right? He's he takes out his what the neighbor's dog's brain, um, and uses them for Sparky. It's I just like King's spooky stuff. I love King's Batman too. He was born to write Batman, but a lot of other people hate his Batman. Um, well, the panel I'm looking for is when he kills Victor. I think and he has like the blood splatter on his face. Oh, it's not um, when he kills Victor. It's um I want to say it's when he's fixing up Viv. It's early. It's like the second or third episode issue, I think. Is it? I'm talking about the one where someone tells him to move or something and he says he doesn't need to uh listen to the rules or something. I can't find it. Um no, I mean, the premise just makes sense. It's the type of really, really enjoy reading. That's probably why it's my, one of my my favorite comics um, of all time. Um, it is really tropey with the, with the burbs and stuff, man. But it's, it's, oh, it has this, it's never too overpowering, right? It's very nice and... Do I want to call it Desperate Housewivesy? It's clean and such, but there's this very, very thin line of a, a thriller running through, right? That's never like jump scares or 
or anything like this. It's just always constantly uneasy, but in the best possible way. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there are some moments that really surprise. Like, I remember the first time I was flipping through it, when Viv gets attacked by Grim Reaper in the first issue, like, it startled me. Like, it was the most surprising, like, thing. And it does set up a moodiness and an atmosphere that is just, comic books often don't do that for me, right? Because it's, it's a red medium, like, there's no music, there's not the lighting, but there's something about that comic that puts you in an atmosphere that makes you feel really uncomfortable and really uneasy um, the whole time. It's interesting. It actually reminds me a little bit of some of Hickman's X-Men stuff. Because there's moments in Hickman's X-Men where I'm like, this is a bad idea. Why are they doing this? Clearly, this is not this is not going right. to work. And, you know, there's that foreboding feel about it. Uh, what do you think? What what do you think works from this comic that you hope to see in WandaVision? Like what, what could they bring over? Well, Viv and Vin and Sparky. I mean, the whole premise, I mean, I would love to see it. I mean, Scarlet Witch even gets her own issue in this issue eight, I think seven or eight. It's in the middle of the run. It's kind of like a, what do you call on TV? Is it a bottle episode? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a bottle issue of sorts. It, doesn't really add to the overarching thing, but it, I mean, it adds, um, no, I just, the, the whole basis, man, that's what I, that's what I like so much about it. You know, and we're talking vision, right? Vision's not Captain America and he's not Wolverine and he's not Spider-Man. So there was never a risk of them upsetting a huge fan base, right? By going in this really, really dark direction, like, can you imagine Peter Parker, like, Frankensteining a family together? That's kind of what the clone song is, isn't it? Um, well, and I really like the idea that we might, that if they can put some of that Tom King tone with what they're suggesting or like this kind of sitcoms through the years, there is going to be something really, it'll be excellently twisted to watch something that feels like an episode of I Love Lucy but at the same time feels like an episode of Breaking Bad, you know, like combined right. together. Like right. there should be this excellent unsettling feeling like, you know, um, kind of reminds me of, uh, is it Westworld? Like because the robots are robots, like a fly can land on their eyeball and they don't twitch. There's something about that that's so stinking unsettling because it looks so normal, but it's so wrong. And I just think that they're going to do that with this show. And I think that's very exciting. It's, I mean, it's a very, I won't say easy, but it's the, the one way to make it more adult without going rated R, you know, um, kind of stuff that will kind of fly over kids heads, but then you're just, and you put a perfect, you know, unsettling. And that's, that's exactly what this, this run is. It's unnatural. It's unsettling. But and then that's the other part of it. I don't think. Well, man, I, you know, I, Feige. What was Feige's comment on it? He he only said they're taking parts of it or, or something like that, right? Which kind of um, rubbed me the wrong way when I first read it or listened to it. Um, but I think they're going to be taking more of it than than he let on, right? I mean, you have. First of all, Scarlet Witch and Vision 
it's unnatural and unsettling being together the way it is, right? How do these, how's this witch and this android, you know, like what the hell? Um, so I, I think, then you add Agatha in there. Um, and I, I think we'll get pretty close to what uh, this is. Obviously, I don't imagine them showing Vision ripping out a dog's brain. Or them showing the Grim Reaper buried under the yard, all mummified and rotting and rigor mortis, you know. Um, but I, I think it'll be pretty spot. I guess we'll see, right? We'll see how just far, you know, how far they want to push it with this. Yeah, I think that the part that is least likely to come over, Tom King does really interesting things with the history of Vision, and so like. You know, like they're pulling from Wonder Man and Ultron and and Victor Mancha and Scarlet Witch and um, Agatha Harkness, right? Like there's just all of these like family tree things, like even that cover that's like the family tree cover, you know? Right. And they just, they won't be able to do that in the MCU version. We can't bring in Victor. I don't think we can meaningfully, you know, Quicksilver, I guess, could be around. But, like, Wonder Man's not in the MCU. Like, those things will not be as available to them. And so that's that's where I think the, when Feige says they're not going to use all of it, that's the stuff they can't use. Like, they can't really draw from the, the history like the comics can. Right. And uh, you would think uh, like an Ultron cameo or something, right? Because we still haven't seen Vision really come to terms with who he is. In a sense, I mean, there's always mentions. He always talks about the stone and and that. So I, I don't know. It's hard to, I guess, dive into that without bringing Ultron back to kind of explain some things or something, you know. Or maybe it's totally unnecessary. I can just, I don't know why, I can imagine a scene where Wanda comes in for the twins and Ultron's just sitting there rocking them in his arms. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I am their grandfather. You know, like, oh, they could do great, chilling, weird, bring back Spader to do some, like, voiceovers and stuff. Oh, it could be great. Could be. Could be. That's headcanon now. But it's something like that, you know, you would think... You would see it at some point, you know, unless they want to. First of all, Age of Ultron gets a terrible rap. It's not as bad as everyone says it is. I mean, Spader, Spader's perfect. For that role, he's absolutely perfect. Um, you would think they'll get into it eventually, you know, especially if, if WandaVision's a multi-season thing, which we have no reason to believe why it would be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The other thing that really interests me is, you know, obviously at the end of this comic, the Avengers kind of come out to stop Vision from doing something really terrible. Uh, do you think we'll see? I mean, to me, that makes sense in WandaVision. It'd be interesting to see an Avenger or two show up to be like, Wanda, you need to stop. Like, this is not... To me, that's the scene that could be most lifted. There's a scene where Vision confronts Wanda about how fake Speed and Wiccan are. And that, like, she's not, like, dealing with reality. To me, that is a scene that they could just pull straight out and put into the show. Because we don't even know if she really brings Vision back or if she's just, like, imagining that Vision's there or if she's, like, using her powers to somehow recreate him. Like, 
there'll be all sorts of interesting things I can do on the, on that front. Absolutely. There's in the uh, the expanding the universe thing or whatever they did at the launch of Disney Plus. They have, I mean, they have. You can see King's nine panel pages up on the wall behind the producer. Nothing of significance. One of it's when the the neighbors come in and sit down. Right, and there's just this really unease because it's a Harold and Marge, you know, and they're like, what the hell? They don't even know how to use their new smartphones, let alone talking with their Android neighbors, you know? No, yeah. As far as what they would use or not new, I mean, we know that Tom King, you're just saying Tom King's art, or um, this run is behind them and in the room they're writing, so. Yeah, that's all I had to say. You summed her up, man. You summed her up. I'm I'm really, uh, I would be, I don't know. I would like to see, I know there's been debate about this. I'd really like to see Agatha Harkness added in this. I think she plays a really interesting role in this. Like the scene where she kills the cat, you're like, Oh, what is going on? You know? And this idea of somebody who's wise enough to just come into the situation and be like, this is bad. You know, like somebody from, from Wanda's past to go, you're really losing it. Because I think that's the most interesting thing about this is this is kind of Vision's descent into madness, this comic. But I think the show will be about Wanda's descent into madness. And so that'll be an interesting flip. And I mean, if if that's who Catherine Hahn is, perfect casting role. You know, obviously she's going to bring the Marvel comedic chops, but I do think there's a lot of spookiness and thrillerness to be had there and i I mean i don't envision wandavision going to be you know straight on horror or anything but it's most certainly almost going to be a thriller yeah it should be even the stuff they've shown us makes me think they're they're working that way you know there's just there's just there's something off about some of the shots they've shown um the other thing I was going to ask, I can't remember from the comics, the last panels suggest that he's putting Virginia back together. Yeah. has That's never come back up in the comics, to my knowledge, has it? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, Virginia's not back. I don't think, I'm trying to think what Vision would be in. I don't think he's really, he's popped up in Champions a couple times. Checking on Viv and stuff. Um, but I'm trying to think. At this point, Viv has like almost like two personalities. Like they created a second Viv and then they merged them. And so Ver- Viv's got like two versions in her head, I think now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, man, I would love if Viv popped up in, in WandaVision too, but we won't get Viv in the boys. Um, maybe... Wanda creates Viv as a replacement. That'd be super dope. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting because there's not hardly any Speed and Wiccan stuff in this comic. And um, it does seem like it'd be a bit crowded to do Viv and Speed and Wiccan. But I, it could almost be like a... I could see it being like a post-credit. And it, it sounds like the kind of thing... Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's Banner. I don't know if it's a re- revived Vision, but somebody's trying to help Wanda out, and so they're like, "Well, we're going to create, you know, a new Vision." But it's for um, 
for you as like a daughter and that again sounds like a monument monumentally terrible idea yeah it sounds like an awful idea but i mean we're getting miss marvel they say maybe miss america maybe ironheart i mean it just makes sense for them to go young avengers or champions man especially if they go sam alexander i'm not entirely convinced at this point they would do richard Ryder. um but they're, they're going to do miles you know they're absolutely going to do miles at some point um it just makes sense to actually have a young adult dedicated show on disney plus right i mean i would definitely prefer champions over power pack yeah and i think well, I, I I don't I think it'll be a combination. I think we'll get a young. I think they'll do Young Avengers because of the brands, um, you know, like the branding. But I think it'll be Miss Marvel and Stature, and Viv, and you know, um, somebody else from Young Avengers or Speed and Wicked. You know, like I think they'll mix them up. All right, man, that's pretty good. I think we talked about Vision for quite some time, so. I love the comic. I enjoyed going back through it. I've never looked at one of these director's cuts before, so it's just almost got too much information for me. Like, there's just so much to read. Right. If you... I'm trying to think. I got this. Get the hardcover. If you guys want to check it out, I know it's on... Um, I know it's on Marvel Unlimited, right? Yeah. Um, yep. But if you super, super like it, Marvel did a killer 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 hardcover i think it's only like 20 bucks on amazon it might be more expensive now but it has all 12 issues plus it has every single script from uh tom king as well and it's just nuts how you can take uh king stuff and actually make it into a comic so check it out and now i'm actively hawking you buying uh marvel stuff on amazon they should use our affiliate code right do we have an affiliate code code. oh yeah (laughs) no but we need one but no it's great like i said it's it's if it's not you know frank miller's daredevil if it's not a mortal iron fist uh vision is up there and also mr miracle from dc you should check that out as well because it's almost essentially the same thing kind of for the most part I feel like this comic has a very special role of there's a very few special comics that are about like a side character, you know, like not an A-lister. Like you mentioned like Daredevil runs or Batman runs. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's great ones of those, but like totally solid 12 issues on vision is so cool. And I can't even think of other comics that are at this quality level that are about a side character, you know, like, it's it's hard to think of. I mean, probably. I mean, there's like four issue mini series throughout the '90s. You have the Cloaks and Daggers, and like the Sleepwalker and the Darkhawks. Um, I mean, in the day and age where there are 500 comics pushed out every month by Marvel, you know, and uh, three quarters of that is X Men, Wolverine, or Spider Man. It was most certainly a welcome thing. And then they they let Tom up and walk, which is the most bonkers thing out of them all. Um, what are you going to do? You know, the best anal- uh, best analogy I just thought of was uh, when they had the Warren Ellis Karnak series. 
right? Like that's a side character with a really well-known, you know, writer to me that's similar, but you know, a lot of times if you're Marvel and you get Tom King on board, you know, you're going to sick him on Spider-Man or something big, you know, that should be our next is Karnak on Marvel unlimited. Oh yeah, absolutely. That should be our next book. I just read the trade the other day again. It's so has no business being that good. Friggin' Karnak, man. It's also another good thing. Six issues, and it only took Warren Ellis like two years to put them out. So that's cool. Oh, jeez. Yeah, absolutely. No, we should. We could do a... Uh, man, it'd be good to do a Moon Knight uh, run at some point for this, too. So we get ready for Moon Knight. Moon Knight would be very good. Probably Jeff Lemire stuff. Don't make me reread the Brian Michael Bendis stuff, please. Yeah, no, no, no. And, I mean, Warren Ellis did a run on Moon Knight, too, right? Ellis's stuff was good. That was eventually taken over by a bunch of people. Colin Bunn had his hand in there. Uh, Warren Ellis is the Mr. Knight stuff. Yeah, was was uh, Ellis the one who... There's like a whole Moon Knight issue that has like four words in it. It's almost like an completely that, silent one. No, that sounds like... That sounds like... I mean, there's a Karnak one with zero words in it, right? Because he couldn't get the script done or something, so they just pushed it without anything at all. Yeah, that's Warren Ellis. I remember reading it, and I actually really loved it, because it was like it was something like four or five different people who were all going to get assassinated, and they all get like shot as the, the issue goes on, and Moon Knight's trying to stop them. I forget the exact storyline. I remember being really tense, but I also remember thinking at the end, whoever got paid to write this, you know, the artist should be hitting them up for half the money. You know, like, I did all the work here, pal. <laughs> right. Can you imagine pitching to your artist for your comic? Like, all right, we're going to do an issue. I'm not going to put any words in it. I'll tell you what should I be there, but you should do that. it. <laughs> I don't know. I, the artist might be down with it, you know. Um, I mean, hell yeah, I'd love it. Only writing four issues. I would just be like, hey. Go with what you feel. Here's here's where we're at now. Here's how we need to get there. <laughs> That's funny. Just have our... I might try it now, though. All right, guys. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I don't know when we'll be back again. We do have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up in only two or three weeks now, I guess. So uh, um... Two weeks. Three weeks from last night. Oh, they're going to be on Wednesdays? They are. Oh, I figured they were slotting back into Friday. I didn't, I didn't pay attention. So. Wednesday night, 10 p.m., I think. Okay. So we'll be, um, at least, I assume we'll talk about at least the premiere of that. So we might do something before then, but you can pretty much guess that we'll definitely do one then to talk about how we feel about the new season, and then we'll see if it's good enough to bother doing an episode more frequently than that. But we'll see. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you later.